brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. You're listening to Talk Star Wars, a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Check us out on the web at starwarscommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Talk Star Wars is a production of Emotionally 14. For fantastic podcasts, video series, blog posts, and much more, visit us on the web at emotionally14.com and enjoy content for the permanently teenaged. there and welcome to talk star wars episode 200 <laughs> from emotionally14.com i'm your host Yay. as always rob wade and i'm joined by the chewy to my han with the similar long service to match brad harmer barnes yeah. i'm the star wars character a to your star wars character b how are you doing i'm good i'm good yeah uh, we've made it we did we got there well i turned up towards the end yeah we got some we had there, yeah. there were some times where you know the the pace has slowed where we've been you know People, life gets in the way. It happens, yeah. right? But we got yeah. there. We are, we are here, right? Yeah. And you know, it's it's nice. It's in no way um, surprising. I mean, certainly that was always the plan to get to two hundred. Because why would you like just give up at one nine seven? That's just weird. Yeah, that is weird. Who does yeah, that? Like, that's weird. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Start on a you know, finish with a nice number, um, preferably like divisible by six is good because yeah, um, totally. that gets me out of one. Um, just don't do a prime number. No, this is it. And or yes, do a, or do individual seasons, all of which have a prime number of episodes. Oh, that's that's just unnecessarily complex. Do Fibonacci sequence. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, right. so season one is one episode. <laughs> season two is two episodes. Yeah, I or guess one episode again. Yeah, I think it's, no, you think, yes, I think you're right. I think it's yeah, one again. Yeah, three be two. So it's one, one, three. I should know this. Four, seven. Yeah. 11? 11, I think, yeah. 18. Yeah. No, I'm losing track now. Anyway, you didn't, come, you didn't come here for Talk Fibonacci. <laughs> yeah. Which is probably a podcast. I mean, you'd hope, wouldn't you, at this point? Yeah. The at market point, is so... Got. 
Yeah, the market I'm is so more crowded. I'm surprised when I go looking for a podcast and there isn't one. Yeah, the market is so crowded. Not in a not in a bad way by any stretch. Mm. There is a lot of stuff there, and I feel like yeah. most niches will have been served somewhere. You know. Yeah. They've gone um, up the ventilation shaft. Exactly. Yeah, that's coming soon. 2020. <laughs> yeah. we, they've gone up the ventilation shaft, the podcast. Um, it's not, just so we're clear. No. Do have, um, yeah, I have an announcement later in the show, but it's nothing to do with um, ventilation shafts. Uh, so we begin episode 200 with uh, a message from Vesuvi, who has been as big a part of it as anybody, I would say, in getting to 200 with a constant you know, beacon of love and support. Mm-hmm. And Vesuvi writes, thanks, Rob. Thanks, Brad. You're welcome, Vesuvi. Thanks, small pubs in rural Kent. Thanks, psychic medium parrots. I oh, do, yes, of course. I that, do not yeah. remember that bit. It's We were talking about my local Weatherspoons and the picture of T. Lawrence. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. You should the, listen back to your own episodes. You're really quite funny. The pub's in rural Kent bit, I remember, but the psychic yeah. medium parrots, I, don't, I have no yeah, recollection yeah. of. Uh, it was a, a tenuous link to Lawrence Arabia through oh. my local town. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I do yeah. remember now, yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks. You, you listen back to your own episodes, man. You're a funny guy. All right, well, I appreciate it. That's yeah. kind of you to say. Um, and I'll listen back to this and play that over and over again until yeah, I wear out see? the digital, because that's how oh, fo- God, not that's how going to be his new message tone. <laughs> Only when you text me. Yeah. So you'll never hear it, because you'll be there. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Keychains, bearing Death Star Tech. I would still buy one of those. Yeah, totally. They're coming handy. Yeah. Um, thanks, Zapruda film cut of the security hologram of youngling killings at the Coruscant Jarrett Jedi Temple. That I do remember. Yeah, that's me now. Yeah, <laughs> I, that I remember. Okay, I think fine. I mentioned it being a Zapruda film. Because okay. um, I, you know, my brain goes to weird places. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, these spiel do. on the startling frequency of death breaking in Star Wars was brilliant. We had a lot yes. of good feedback about the D. Ah, oh, he was so good. It was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we all want to be given the D. I was, I, I love the D. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that will be clipped and used against me later. There's my uh, message tone. <laughs> <laughs> Since you asked about what minor characters I'd love to see fleshed out in Disney Plus series, recast with hot, relevant performers, of course. Shots fired. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think we were ever suggesting that we would take the roles. Because, you know, I'd like to believe that we'd be busy with cool stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Cami Marstrap. Marstrap. Cami Marstrap. (laughs) I wondered, you were bobbing. And I could see you bobbing before 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 I said it. And I was sitting there going... What's he doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, Akmina and the Tonica sisters. Surefire stuff. I thought Akmina, the Tonica... Really? Do we need Akmina? I don't know. The Tonica sisters, I think, would be cool. Yeah, I can see that in kind of a Charlie's Angels type way, maybe. Yeah, weren't they, like, in Legends, weren't they assassins or spies? Uh, spies. Secret agents, I yeah, think. Yeah, secret agents. That's right. Not assassins. Secret agents. I that's... mean, they probably had to do a bit of that. They probably had to do a, a bit of wet... territory, didn't it? I mean, you'd have to just look at... Bit of wet work. Cassie and Andor. Yeah, bit of wet work. Sometimes you need to do what needs yeah. to be done. I don't need... If you're right, who's a hot, relevant version of BR that's to play Akmina? Um, who's a hot relevant Rebel Wilson Arthur I mean I'd watch that maybe yeah I mean you'd have to remake the holiday special that comes with its own problems yeah that or um, that in, in the I won't watch it you can't make me <laughs> but apart from that it's perfect yeah Um. so you may find this amusing but every time you audibly thank me on an episode of Talk Star Wars I give a Lando style two finger salute even though I'm usually the only one in the room. No, not that one. Brad's just given me a two-finger salute on the camera. Yeah. No, I think it's... British uh, one. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> Everything's coming up Millhouse, Vesuvian, okay. Night of the Commonwealth. P.S. Make sure your A99 Aquata breather is attached to your Jedi utility belt before you go on missions. Okay, Robin. P.P.S. Since this is likely being read during TSW's 200th oh, episode... she's good. She is good. Congratulations on the milestone, my dears. Thanks. Thank I did you at least much. two of them. Yeah, and, you know, absolutely, I say, I will return the sentiment, I, I'll repeat it, the one I said earlier. You know, Vesuvi, you have been as big a part of it as we have in terms of getting mm-hmm. us to 200. And that goes for everybody who's written in or interacted on in some form generally, but especially Vesuvi. Because yeah. Vesuvi is, has been an absolute mainstay in terms of sending in messages. We've had recaps of The Mandalorian that I still feel like I'm going in blind because mm-hmm. she's given us just enough about it's good or it's, it's you so know, good. whatever. She's a very clever lady. Absolutely. She's super smart. And, you know, obviously, as I say, she's been incredibly helpful in getting us along these um along this journey and yeah. uh, and beyond yeah um so obviously that you know anybody speculating about what the announcement might be the word beyond should give you a clue of what it's not but uh, yeah. <laughs> i'll reiterate later yeah. um it's not star trek absolutely yeah no absolutely not i mean that would just be a weird departure that would be a weird shift but at the same time could be fun I'm sure it could be fun. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's really good Star Trek podcasts out there. I just don't know. Any, I never, don't know any personally. But uh, no, it's not something I listen to. Actually. No, I might. Uh, and I've listened to a Battlestar Galactica podcast. Oh, really? Yeah, Battlestar Ooh. Galactica. It's good. Okay. Um, it's got um, Mark Bernard and what's her name? Oh my god. I did a couple of gigs with a band called Battle Scar Galactica. That's pretty cool. I had one yeah. of their T-shirts once, I think. Oh, uh, we did fun. Band. Bright green one. What is her name? Caprica Six. What's her name? Oh man, this is going to drive. Lucy Lawless. I'm going to have to look it up because this is going to drop me out the wall. Otherwise, is it Lucy Lawless? No, it's not. Um, Mrs. Pooh. It's not Mrs. Pooh. Trisha Helfer. There we go. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So she plays. Um, Number six on Battlestar Galactica, who's the sort of the, the Cylon who's on all the marketing stuff. Okay. Like the blonde yeah. one. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a podcast with her and Mark Bernard in, where they go and actually they talk about each episode, but they also interview okay. um, people from the cast. They go to fan conventions and get interviews with people who are on the show. They get, um, if they've got an actor who's free, mm-hmm. who's actually on the episode, then they'll bring them, you know, they'll try and sort of call people in to actually guest on the show for the episodes they feature in heavily and stuff like that. It's just very, very cool. It's a nice sort of, it's a nice mm-hmm. mix of fan show and behind the scenes because okay, it's not yeah. an official production, but it's got all the kind of good stuff about official productions in that it's got the actual actors and mm-hmm. you know the kind of behind the scenes gossip from the people who are actually on the show like Trisha Helfer they've had Katie Sackoff on there she, she has mm-hmm. the Star Wars connection um, so yeah I mean I've never listened to a Star Trek one I'm sure there are great Star Trek podcasts mm. out there I've just never personally listened to any and a lot of fan audio dramas that makes sense yeah Some I can, of them, I've heard a couple have been really good yeah I can believe it to be honest that does sound like it's a good fit for, for Trek mm. Um, but anyway, yeah, Vesuvi, to reiterate, to, to kind of recap, thank you immense, you know, immeasurably. We are in your debt eternally for your service to keeping Talk Star Wars with stuff to talk about in the slower mm-hmm. weeks, you know, especially in the run up to Rise of Skywalker. That news cycle was an absolute, you know, it was a dripping tap at best. Um, and then we had a couple of weeks for the film and then it went quiet again. Yep. And uh, obviously, we've got Disney Plus to look forward to in a couple of weeks or well, a few weeks. Mm hmm. Um, I haven't had this confirmed incidentally on the subject of Disney Plus. 
I have heard rumblings that the Mandalorian will be released weekly, same as it was in the States. I was hoping it was going to be released quite strongly. Oh, I mean, hey, he's here a week. Uh, professional. <laughs> Which is weird that he's here a week because I'll be, I won't be on the call we'll after we finish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, he can't hey, be stopped. Today. No, no she was. No, seriously, they've tried. He can't. Please stop. <laughs> There are rules in place. He's, yeah. I don't know how he. Do, I don't know who drew his contract up, but it's ironclad. He cannot be stopped. Um, so, yeah, I've heard rumblings that the Disney Plus release will be weekly in the same way as it was in the states and Canada. Right. I'm okay with that, to be honest. Yeah. Obviously, it would be nice to have the the choice to be able to to binge it, but at the same time, I've I've noticed how much people enjoyed the weekly mm. kind of thing of it, and you know, so I'm not I'm not dreading it. Okay, you know, I'm, cool. I'm okay with the notion of it being done. If that's how it ends up being, like I say, it's only hearsay I've had so far. I've not had any. Yeah. I've not seen any official sources that said this is how it's going to work mm-hmm. or anything like that. I've just heard rumblings and hearsay about this is kind of the rumor of how it's going to be delivered. Mm-hmm. And people, let's say, some people are kind of less than happy about it. Me personally, I think it's fine. I think it's going to be okay be either way. Away, no, exactly. I mean, it's not like I get a huge amount of TV time every week anyway. <laughs> Um, so a weekly half hour show is, is fine by me. That's easily achievable. Yep. You know, I can easily keep up to date with that rather than something where yep. it's binge. And then suddenly everybody's like, what do you think? What do you think? I, I, I have stuff to do, you know, like this, like this, this is what we're doing right now. You know, that ain't free. Well, it is free, but you know what I mean? Um, so our next message comes from Michael in Sydney. And uh, Michael writes, congratulations on the big two zero zero, Rob and Brad's. Thank you for everything you do to make this the greatest Star Wars podcast of all time. Also, a thank you to all previous hosts, listeners, contributors, partners, and friends. All the best for the show and future episodes. Regards, Michael from Sydney. Very kind of you. That's very kind indeed. Mm. Not enough is made of supportive partners, I think. So I think no. we should we should call out our, our supportive uh, other halves for being willing to let us kind of... Um, to let us yeah yeah, to kind of to allow us to do this stuff because it's not you know without going too deep into the logistics of recording this it's not Mm -hmm. it's not without imposition for Mm. me to record where i am obviously you've been in my you've been in my house some of the the patrons have had a tour of it i think once as like a live stream where i just basically (laughs) just walk around the flat just kind of going episode of through the keyhole ever it was very very rough cut (laughs) through the keyhole footage no one got it though no no it was very it was very niche (laughs) it was very good in that respect um it was like through the hipster keyhole it's very strange but um you know it's not without imposition for me to be in a position to record this right now so you know if my uh if my wife wasn't supportive then Mm -hmm. it would be significantly harder and i feel like the quality would suffer so you know it's worth Um, saying they are very supportive of our endeavors uh, i would say for the uh, benefit of our non-british listeners yes uh, through the keyhole was oh, a yeah. game show in the mid 90s in which lloyd grossman who used to be a culinary tv show host would break into celebrities houses and try and sneak around and worked out who lived there yeah and he was canadian right still is probably i thought he was american was he oh he was not he was from north the continent of north america for damn sure uh, he was born in Massachusetts, but claimed dual citizenship. Oh, fair enough. With where, though? Uh, England. His oh, England British. and America. Okay. Yeah. I thought for some reason I'd got it into my head that he was Canadian. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like he was exceptionally polite or anything. You know, no. he wasn't rude. 
certainly when he was here doing the recording, he was, mm-hmm. you know, nothing but a gentleman. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there you go. Like I say, we, we should kind of make a point of, in fact, there's also worth pointing out, we should call out, you know, we should shout out to previous hosts as well. So thank you to Mark, obviously Mark, um, for kind of getting the ball rolling on this, on this show and allowing me to kind of keep the ball rolling in my own way. Um, Steve, Paul, Jeremy, um, Rob Cast, Carlos, Andy Smith, uh, people like Adam Sheldon who've written in uh, who've written in and sent in voicemails Matt Salvatore you know and everybody who's kind of who's made this show enjoyable and in mm-hmm. you know and things like it's always this is going to be one of those shows that you know like a few episodes ago we did a big sort of it was like some real talk in amongst yeah, yeah. I feel like this is going to be one of those shows because there's going to be a lot of a lot of asides about the process yeah um, sometimes it's you know it's not easy. Like there are times where, like I say, it's a slow news week or something, you know, like when, um, certainly when the last Jedi came out, it was like a, it was quite difficult for me to kind mm. of, I was, you know, I was, I was quite happy to put my opinion out there. I was, yeah. you know, getting a lot of, um, a lot of response and it's, it can get on top of you sometimes. But what was really great was it's always been a very supportive listener community. Um, they've always been really good at kind of reaching out when they like stuff. I mean, people like Dan Thorpe who will message first thing on a Saturday morning when he's listening, yeah. he's, he's downloaded the show as soon as it's available and he's listened to it in full. It's, it's, you know, that sort of dedication and that sort of enthusiasm is, is really heartwarming and it makes yeah. those days where things are tougher and things are harder to countenance that much more bearable and it makes you that much more likely to go, you know what, I can, you know, whatever this problem is, whatever this issue is that's kind of not me for six, I can get through it because people are behind me. And actually, if one, if there's one thing I've learned, certainly in the last kind of couple of months, for sure, it's that, if anything, my big worry in the past has been, oh, what, you know, what are people going to say? And what I've learned is I shouldn't stress it because the TSW community in particular and I mean the E14 community in general, but particularly the TSW stuff, because that's obviously where we are right now, mm-hmm. has always been, has always felt like it's behind me. And that's really good. You know, mm-hmm. well, it's not like where you feel like that about your best years. That's bad. Yeah. <laughs> when you feel like they're behind you, that's not good. Like, hey, I'm, um, I'm always behind you. Yeah, exactly. You know, and Sometimes that's shoving you quite hard. Yeah. And into a path of an oncoming train. That's, you know, yeah. that was off air, but you know, crazy. <laughs> yeah. And, well, yeah. <laughs> Legal disclaimers. <laughs> Brad has never pushed me in front of a train that I remember. <laughs> Leave that hanging. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like I say, um, Michael, thank you for, for kind of calling attention mm-hmm. to this because it is one of those things that's very, that's very easy to understate and very mm-hmm. easy to kind of under, underserve. But, you know, any podcast, regardless of Talk Star Wars or the other Emotionally 14 stuff, the 14 yep. Endorsed stuff, everything out there in the world lives and dies on its listeners. If, they, yeah. if your community's not engaged and they don't give a monkeys, you're done. You might as well just shout into a vacuum. And there are, you know, if I could figure out a facility to turn that into energy, I could solve the. I could solve. <laughs> I could solve so many problems with the world. But you know, the listeners make or break a show. And yeah. I've just been, you know, I've been on this show for 187 episodes. I've missed a couple, but. Generally speaking, I've been on since episode, I think, 13. 
And I've always been struck by how warm and how what's the word yeah um claggy no um how warm how warm and encouraging and supportive the tsw community is i do i genuinely believe we have some of the best fans in the world yeah and around the world obviously we've charted in random countries some weeks and that's been great i think the people of uganda would be offended by that i think um that's fair but at the same time deal with it (laughs) i can't you know from the point of view of where we are Mm. that is a weird country to chart in sorry yeah um i'm happy we did and i'm thrilled that they're listening but it is weird to me (laughs) and some of those things always strike me as strange a ugandan podcast charting in romford for no reason exactly yeah it's like but then at the same time now i'm really desperate to go and find ugandan podcasts and try and get them as far as i can (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah. um i say michael thank you for drawing attention to that because that is the kind of thing that i should be this it's the kind of thing ultimately that i should be saying on a more regular basis but this seems like as good an occasion as any to just reiterate those that gratitude yeah. um so the next bit i warn you is lengthy if you catch my drift mm-hmm. it is not short if you know what i mean okay it is long if you get where i'm coming from bloody hell it really is yeah um so can't show up now apparently absolutely not but i mean i've you know i was given the option to 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 trim it and i've chosen not to do that so um, it's not a part you want to trim is it no absolutely not it's very you know to Mm. me it strikes me as quite sensitive so i'm gonna go ahead and treat it with the reverence i feel it Mm -hmm. deserves so um this is from d obviously famous for last week's uh um obi-wan kenobi death phantasmagoria um yes and d writes hello there all right congratulations on reaching your 200th episode guys here's here's hoping for at least 200 more that's i mean it'll take us a while i mean that's optimistic yeah it's only another four years isn't it no exactly yeah um yeah we'll have another star wars movie by then hopefully um or just more tv i'm all right with that yeah thanks for reading my email last week i got such a great kick out of hearing you both discussing it that i've been playing it repeatedly for myself and anyone in earshot oh nice i'm pleased repeatedly i'm pleased (laughs) i'm pleased we could put your uh how best to put this i'm I'm pleased we could be there for you d yeah um this week i'm writing to you with some of my observations on the sequel trilogy i I apologize in advance if this is long and unwieldy oh my and if it all seems a bit scattershot i shall double i shall double my efforts to make this somewhat coherent years back i remember hearing george lucas speak about the prequel films and how they connect with the original films through repeated patterns phrases and storytelling beats that echo over both trilogies true as someone who rewatches these films about once a year picking up on these details is something which i always find satisfying I love that they continued the tradition on the sequel trilogy so that now we have a trilogy of trilogies interconnected through these repeated beats and patterns. Mm -hmm. Many of these echoing motifs originate in Akira Kurosawa's film, The Hidden Fortress, which starts with two peasants walking through a wasteland, one telling the other, this is all your fault. Uh, They wind up helping a strong-willed princess. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, but that would be very jarring if it wasn't. Yeah. If, that's, uh, if it wasn't that. Mm-hmm. They wind up helping a strong-willed princess and a general escape from an enemy pursuit. All the while, the peasants are solely interested in getting the princess's gold. This all lends inspiration for C-3PO, R2-D2, Princess Leia, General Kenobi, and Han Solo. The film even includes a fake death via a decoy who is beheaded in place of the princess. He had to work one in, didn't he? Mm-hmm. There is a scene where three of the protagonists are tied to poles, much like Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Padme in Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. An antagonist is left with a grisly slanted scar across his face for the shame of surviving his defeat in a duel. This inspires Darth Vader, who survives scarred and mutilated after his defeat on Mustafar, but it also serves to inspire the scar placed in the exact same spot on Kylo Ren's face in The Force Awakens. And then in a different spot in Last Jedi, but that's another story. Um, That was just me on the side there, um, being a tool. Uh, Kurosawa's samurai films had previously been remade as westerns. Kurosawa's job at best reference to Hidden Fortress is, is in A New Hope and it's Gun. absolutely hiding in plain sight as well. It's, uh, General Tag says, your sad devotion to that ancient religion has not helped you conjure up the stolen dust tapes or given you clairvoyance enough to find the rebels. Hidden Fortress. <laughs> but he gets cut off just yeah. before he says Fortress. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's a good That's a good point. I had, I had never picked up on that, but that's a yeah. really good point. Um Kurosawa samurai films have previously been remade as westerns. His Yojimbo and Seven Samurai were turned into A Fistful of Dollars and The Magnificent Seven, respectively. Mm-hmm. So I love that Star Wars has a bit of the samurai and the cowboy already yes. baked into its lore. The Mandalorian feels like the apex of this mix, a cross between Leone's um, The Man With No Name and Lone Wolf and Cub, with even another Kurosawa homage thrown in the middle. Mm-hmm. As an aside, yeah, I found uh, it- Some of the Expanded Universe novels actually tried to go down their road and did... Like Star Wars takes on other stories as well. There was um, one called Shatterpoint, which was oh, a yeah. Mace Windu in the Clone Wars story. It's Apocalypse Now in the Star Wars universe. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, yeah, and you go back, yeah, it's Apocalypse Now, but with lightsabers and monsters, it's great. I love it when um, Star Wars kind of draws parallels to other stories. Yeah. Yeah, uh, like and that. I do. Th- that's the thing. I, the, I like it in similar way, um, like the Red Harvest. Uh, yes. that series yeah. is a nice little take on it's basically zombie fiction mm. but it's Star yeah. Wars tinged and I liked that because it was yeah, a, totally. it was a it was a familiar genre and by that point it was very familiar yeah, um, yeah. zombies were really kind of you know, having a bit of a resurgence yeah yeah. I mean it's fair to say I think without even it being a pun that they just would not die no um, they got really big for a, a yeah. brief period there quite it was a Shaun of the thing. Dead yeah Shaun uh, of the Dead kind of it all off and then you have a remake of Dawn of the Dead 28 and, Days yeah, Later they, oh so many cheap supermarket zombie movies as, yes. as well yeah they can't, you can only buy at Tesco yeah but hang on uh, just to be clear cheap supermarket zombie movies or movies about cheap supermarket zombies Oh, no, now, now one of those I would watch. <laughs> I, which. I think it's fair to say one you would watch willingly and one yeah. your dad would put on for us to watch at yeah. his house. I mean, Flight of Living Dead might be the worst one I saw. That was, was pretty bad. On a plane. Yeah, yeah, I think I saw that one. Yeah. Um, Black Sheep, maybe that's pretty bad. 
Yeah, that was awfully cheap. But that seemed like it was kind of a slightly yeah. deliberate. It one. kind of Dead Snow was probably the last one of that particular resurgence of that. I, I really like Dead Snow. It's easy one of my favourite films. Yeah, the, incidentally, on, one of my favourite things about Dead Snow is that Dead Snow Two mm-hmm. had the tagline, "The sequel you did not see see coming." Yeah, it's like you are so close. Yeah. You are so close and yet so far yeah. from the old. You know, all you needed was like just to you overthought it, and this yeah. is me talking. Like, it's, yeah. it's have not you right. seen Dead Snow? I haven't, no. No, there's, there's one bit in it which just makes me think of like one of our gaming nights. Okay. They're in a shack and they, the zombies are outside and they make up a Molotov cocktail. Right. And all he's got to do is throw the Molotov cocktail through the window at the zombies. Sure. You know that bit in Futurama where Fry goes to launch the rocket with the garbage on it and just completely misses the button with his finger? Yes. It's like that. He just throws the Molotov cocktail and it hits the wall next to the window and everything bursts into flame. Oh, okay. And it just, it's like us playing Zombie Plague or Dark or something like that. very much like us playing yeah, games. It's... In fact, isn't that us playing... Have they just nicked our stuff? They've just yeah, taken our stick. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, uh, Death Snow 2's weird, but still quite fun. The first one, I think, is really solid. Yeah. Um, incidentally, as an aside... So yeah. D calls out the fact that obviously the Mandalorian's got a little bit of samurai, a little bit of cowboy in it. I mm-hmm. remember there was a, it was a blue check mark on Twitter. I can't remember the person's name and maybe that's for the best. I don't want them to get dogpiled on my account, certainly because I don't want them to get any attention at all because they're quite, you know, I found them quite stupid. Yeah. But um, they were not saying that... any names, but it rhymes with Otten Paswald. <laughs> it was not, it was not uh, Otten <laughs> Paswald. Um, no, but there was somebody who was saying that there was no influence. It, like they couldn't see any influence of uh westerns i was like are you me- are you watching it with your eyes shut and your ears shut are yeah. you watching it yeah <laughs> is that the problem you're just not watching well, it westerns are, are you is it million ways to die in the west is that the only western you've seen <laughs> <laughs> is it cowboys and aliens is that your yeah, yeah, is that your entire experience stick. of the western <laughs> of the western oeuvre <laughs> do you have any favorite westerns Rob? Oh, do you know? I don't know that I do. I've not been. I've never been a big Western person. I, I like the. I like the archetype. The kind. That kind of. You know. The the hero sort of mm-hmm. the lone per like the lone gunman kind of things like that. Yeah. I think the closest, and this is going to sound like a really weird film to use as an example, is something like Man on Fire, that Denzel movie. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the closest I've done to a Western. Cause it's got that same kind of one man against everybody kind of yeah, yeah. aesthetic to it. And um, yeah. yeah, I say I, I would very much be up for a Western in mm-hmm. terms of like there's you know there's never been any kind of reluctance to watch one. So I mean I'd be grateful yeah. for a steer if you have yeah, obviously uh, not a Western who, pun. I'll, I'll yeah. play I'll play no, it, I've, but uh, it's not a field I know a lot about. But the ones I like, I I really like such um, as. Uh, High Post Drifter is a favourite of mine, which is about a it's a Clint Eastwood movie Mm -hmm. um, about a guy who turns up uh, in a town investigate, and uh, the previous sheriff has died under mysterious circumstances. Okay, and uh, it's one of those I can't tell you too much about it it, because every part of the mystery of it is just wrapped in from the opening credits onwards. Gotcha. Uh, It's a High Post Drifter. Is, is superb again unforgiven is another great i, knew, I thought unforgiven uh, might come up so i've heard nothing but good things about that one yeah and that's relatively in the scheme of westerns it's relatively new right it's not like a, a it's not uh, a super late, old one it's like 90 90s, i think yeah it's like 90 i feel 96, like it's 93 
Yeah, the nineties. Yeah, because sure, I, I, I yeah, this is a weird kind of. There was an older man in it. Yeah, it's a weird. Uh, it's a weird ta- like reason that my brain has connected up the dots. But I remember it was my first trip to Lakeside Shopping Centre. Yeah, and my dad bought Unforgiven on video, and I bought WWE's Year in Review nineteen ninety three. So it no, must nice. have been early ninety four. I would guess. Nice. It's fair to say. Uh, the man who shot Good Lucas Valance is great because it's John Wayne and. Uh, uh, James Stewart as well who's just yeah. James Stewart's just one of those lovely actors I could happily watch do anything yeah fair fair yeah uh, yeah there's, there's some of the kiddie stuff as well like High Noon is just a fun kids movie yeah uh, yeah, it's, a, it's one of those. There's a few I like, mm-hmm. but uh, but the ones I like, I, I yeah, I do really like. I quite enjoy the remake of True Grit, actually. Okay, I've heard good things about that. Yeah, that was yeah. really good. Uh, and in terms, similarly, in terms of samurai films, uh, the closest yeah. I think I've got is Itchy the Killer, which is not, you know, not in the least bit not, of samurai not, film, really. Not a, not a samurai film. Uh, it's a superhero film, if any. If you kind of. Any kind of grand leap. Yeah, Seven Samurai is superb. If you get the chance, uh, if you, you you need to set aside an afternoon for it because it's a long old film. Okay. But, um, I think it's three and a half hours. Each, one, one hour for each samurai. <laughs> yeah, it's something like three and a half hours long. I'm not oh, wow. a fan of um, Magnificent Seven remake because okay. I think it's, it was almost like the start of that. Uh, American sensibility of I don't want to go read no movie. Why can't you just go make something about cowboys? I'll watch that instead. Right. Okay. He, he, as you can tell from his accent, he's from everywhere. Yeah, he's uh, from uh, Essex. But yeah, he's from Austin, Missouri. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we all I think Bugs Life is a better remake, to be honest with you. Okay. Yeah, uh, Magnificent uh, Seven Samurai is very good. Yeah, Lone Wolf and Cub. Um, there's there's kind of a, a boulderized or bastardized version of it called Shogun Assassin. Okay, uh, which because Lone Wolf and Cub, I think it was like ten, twelve movies in the end of the American cut. It's just hacks together all the fighting sequences and then try and stitch a new film together. Oh, like uh, Power Rangers. Yeah, it's a bit of a cut and shut of, yeah. of a movie, but yeah, some some fun goofy bits in it. Yeah, nice. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Um, yeah. D continues. One could say that they took the concept of repeated beats and echoing motifs to an exaggerated degree in The Force Awakens, which feels like a barely concealed remake of A New Hope, which is itself a sort of remake. In stark contrast to The Force Awakens, I've heard people suggest that The Last Jedi brings a lot of new and original ideas to the Star Wars universe. But is that actually the case? When I watch The Last Jedi, all I see is a remake of The Empire Strikes Back. Intriguing. Lest anyone think, none of this is meant as a criticism of Ryan Johnson oh, or The Last everyone Jedi. Everyone has to say this whenever The Last Jedi is mentioned. It's, it's just weird, isn't it? A massive formal apology to anybody who might be offended if I yeah. have a different opinion of Last Jedi, Ryan Johnson. Yeah. And this isn't aimed at D, but no, I, I know just, why he's doing it. I just yeah. hate that it has to be done. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a sad state of. You know, obviously we touched on so the fact like that... We're waiting to be dogpiled whenever we mention Last Jedi. Yeah. Well, I mean, from the experience of being the person in Talk Star Wars who didn't like it when it came out, mm-hmm. I can understand that sentiment. <laughs> it's like yeah. that, that, that vague apprehension of like, well, we got a new email. All right, it's going to be, what have I done now? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I know what you mean. It's, it is sad that it's got to the stage where you can't just say... Like I say, to the point where I've said... You know about the Rise of Skywalker. I liked it, but I didn't love it, and that's apparently being really down on the film. So, did you miss the bit where I said I liked it? Anyway, yeah. But you know, it's it's anyway. that kind of it's that kind of it's it's. Just, I understand why D has to preface with it. It's yeah. sad that he has to, but Sorry, I digress. I keep, but we digress. I don't, mean, I don't mean to keep cutting off your D. No, no, that's fine. Um, 
Anyway, so none of this is meant as a criticism of Ryan Johnson of The Last Jedi. The echoed beats remake aspect of the film is actually something that I love about it. Mm-hmm. Ryan Johnson hid the remake by occasionally making a storytelling decision that turns right instead of left, and he re- frequently reverses things that J.J. Abrams' film had previously set in place. Didn't notice that. Those, re- <laughs> those reversals were seen as slights against Abrams' film, but having reversals to the setups of the previous film is very much on track with The Empire Strikes Back's relationship to A New Hope. Ryan even takes the principal narrative device of Akira Kurosawa's Rashomon, that of a story told from three different perspectives, and mm-hmm. uses it to explain the backstory between Luke and Kylo Ren. There is two, this is two birds with one stone, cribbing from Lucas by cribbing from Kurosawa. Cribbing? Okay. I've never heard cribbing as a, as a verb in that context. Really? No, it's cool. Yeah. I quite like yeah. it. Yeah. I suppose that's why it's called cribbage, right? Uh, is that a similar I mean, thing? I one know. is to kind of take basic notes of something and copy it and another is a card game so yeah 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 i'm going to say no okay in the same way that cribbing uh, cribbage is related to cabbage in much the same way yeah fair yeah (laughs) um did you hit your head before we started recording out of interest no why no reason okay cool cool (laughs) (laughs) here now then is a list of the echoed beats mirroring and reversals that i noticed while watching the last jedi Kill. A New Hope ends with the Rebels being victorious by destroying the Death Star. In a reversal to that victory, the Empire Strikes Back begins during a dark time for the Rebellion, with the Rebels being pursued by the Empire and forced to evacuate their base on Hoth. Yep. Fair. The Force Awakens ends with the Resistance being victorious by destroying Starkiller Base. In a reversal to that victory, the Last Jedi begins soon after, with the Resistance being pursued by the First Order and forced to evacuate their base on Dakar. Mm-hmm. There is a certain question of, of timings, I feel... My recollection is that Empire takes place about a year to 18 months after A New Hope. Three years. Three years. Yep. Whereas um, Force Awakens and Last Jedi happen pretty much hours apart. Like, if that, if yeah, that, I think yeah. it's a direct follow-on, yeah. Yeah. I, I hope it's not hours because that's awkward as hell for Luke and Ray. There is that, yeah. yeah. Um, so let's, say, let's say instantaneous, otherwise Luke's just going to be looking at her going, I've got yes. stuff to do with you. <laughs> Can I help you? And she just stood there frozen in place, looking yeah. all moody. Who talks first? You talk first. I talk yeah. first. That was what a lot of people were speculating that might <laughs> begin with. Really? And Excellent. we were all like, yeah, I go with that. Yeah. That's all right. Quite like that. Um, and then in the end, what we got was not that. Um, mm. Empire begins with a rebel base attacked on the snow world of Hoth by walkers. Last Jedi ends with a resistance base being attacked on the salt world of Crate by walkers. They even point the salt out as an awkward, humorous aside, but perhaps also to differentiate it from Snow and distract from people making the outright connection that this is another half the same as Jakku is another Tatooine. Yeah, fair. Incidentally, mm-hmm. I love that Crate was a salt world because it's led to so many wonderful memes. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, there's certain subreddits where you can go and just see memes and mm-hmm. some of them are just things like somebody with an opinion and then underneath it's just somebody going salt <laughs> <laughs> i like it early on in empire i want to know how that okay. guy lasted in the rebel alliance for so long if his first instinct is to lick every planet he gets to <laughs> <laughs> he starts with right bring jimmy in to get the <laughs> to get the lick test out of the way <laughs> Oh, that guy. Why is that? I hate that guy. Why is that a thing you do? Yeah. It just reminds me, it just makes me think of... Better um, to die of this battle, better taste for planet a bit first, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. Um, it makes me think of um, Mel Brooks in Robin Hood Men in Tights. Yeah. 
No, sorry, it's not uh, Mel Brooks. It's, oh, what's his name? He's walking through, he plays the abbot, and he's walking oh, through, um, yeah. he's walking through the procession, and everybody's like, hello, uh, greetings, abbot, blessings, abbot, and he's like, hey, yeah. abbot. And he's like, I hate that guy. <laughs> Let's imagine, you know, he goes down, licks the, licks the soil, yeah. and somebody just turns around and goes, I hate that guy. <laughs> Um, it's like just you know because if he gets if he mm-hmm. cuts himself or something like that, Muggins is going to have to patch him up. And yeah. I just don't have the I don't have the time. I don't have the interest. Just forget <laughs> him. Just leave him to it. Anyway, early on in Empire, Luke is being yes. given medical treatment in a back to tank. Yes. Early on in Last Jedi, the traitor FN two one eight seven is being given medical treatment in a flex poly back to suit. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Uh, Luke is trained on Dagobah by Yoda, who is momentarily reluctant to train the young Skywalker, but Force Ghost Obi-Wan quickly changes Yoda's mind. Correct. Rey is not trained on Arctu by Luke initially, who is completely against training the young Palpatine, and at best tickles her with a feather. Force Ghost Yoda changes Luke's mind only after Rey has already left. While on Dagobah, Luke has a Force vision that foreshadows the truth about his father and Luke's potential fate should he go to the dark side, then he leaves before his training is complete and fails. While on Arcto, Rey has a force vision of mirror images of herself surrounded by nothing and no one else, revealing her greatest fear about herself, that she is forever all alone, comes from nothing, and is nothing. Then she leaves completely untrained and succeeds. Any thoughts on that one? I mean, it's, I don't disagree. <laughs> it's, you know, not in terms of like, had like just in terms of any kind of further comment or... Uh, I'm just rereading it. Sorry. Okay, that's Force vision for shelter is fine. Yes. One on that toe, raise a force from you. I was trying to nothing else. Really, no great Um. Yeah. Does she? Does she succeed? I mean, in terms of, in terms of what? In, does she succeed? Well, so, so in, that's in, my question. Oh, does she in Star Wars. In, well, I mean, no. Arguably. In, <laughs> where does she go from up toe? She tries. She goes to. Try and convince Kylo to kill Snoke. Well, she tries to convince Kylo to join up with her and, yeah. and take on Snoke. Which only does temporarily. Yeah. Which so, yeah. is, it's, it's a, I think you could call it a partial victory. Mixed success. Mixed success, yeah. yeah. She does, by the end of the film, manage to do more with the Force than Luke has done by this point, even though he's had weeks and weeks of instruction. But, you know, retconned family lineage. Uh I don't know. I, I feel like some of it is, if you're talking about like her fighting skill and stuff like that, that's no, uh, that, that stuff I've never cinema- had a problem with. That's more like cinematography, modern to like 80s cinematography is what you have to make some allowances for that. Oh no, that's yeah, that side of things I've not, I don't yeah. have so much of a problem. Uh, it's I'm more the lifting, lifting, lifting all the rocks. I, I'm thing, not yeah. a fan of that shot. I no. really am not. Um, yeah, it's almost like it's not like even a beyond Yoda level. If those yeah. the sheer number of rockets, it's almost like a Doctor Strange power level. Yeah, exactly. It's um, yeah. I, I personally am not a fan of that shot. No, I agree. I think there's always there's already been this. You know, by this point, thinking thinking back a bit, there's already been these questions about like, oh, hang on, how is she managing to do this stuff so easily without even knowing what some of this stuff even involves? Because she's got a dyed collection to Kylo Ren. Yeah, but this is this is like after the fact retconning. This is not like yeah, you know, like with Luke, for example, yeah. right? With Luke on, like, <laughs> I don't dispute this. Yeah. Uh, no, but, no, no, I don't dispute. No, that. but with and, um, with Luke on with Luke in the first two films, he is yeah. at least introduced to the concept of how the Force works and how it should work, and the yes. fact that it's you know, Ray 
finds out that st- some stuff she heard that she thought was folktales is true and mm-hmm. instantly can do all of it without um, much in the way of um without much in the way the, the novel does a better job of explaining it a bit but right. even then it's not um, it's not if much if there's one sentence i'd like to ban from all star wars discourse it's the novelization does a better way of a better job of portraying it it shouldn't have uh, to it shouldn't have to be no no uh, uh my answer yeah, to that is my twofold um, okay Firstly, I don't want to criticise the sequel trilogy for After Effects retcons when the original trilogy is littered with After Effects retcons. It is, but at the same time, there is at least that whole kind of... For me, there's the argument of you invented it, you get to to change it. Yeah, Um, but to follow that up with my second point, which uh, if you're saying... Um, that there's a better sense of character development and pacing in the original trilogy than there is in the sequel trilogy, I would be a madman to argue with you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, I appreciate no, that. <laughs> with that said, <laughs> no, I appreciate the uh, I appreciate the reassurance that I'm not entirely a madman. At least, no, no, there's um, um, there's, there's a lot of uh, these. There's a lot of things I love about the sequel trilogy. Uh, the sense of which the character development is rushed is not one of them. Yeah, um, but yeah. you know, um, I don't want to sound like a sequel trilogy hater because I'm no. not. Well, no, uh, obviously we, you know, we we as always we can caveat with. It's okay. You're allowed to not like a movie. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're allowed to also just go, you know, I like them all except this one. That's fine. Yeah. You're allowed to like one and not like the rest. Yeah. How's it's that? Just, unless it's Attack of the Clones, that's just weird. It's odd. Yeah, it that would odd. be a weird it's choice. I really, really like... the movies. It's really, really like the C-3 pair bit in Attack of the Clones. It's really good. Man, yeah, that'd be apart like, from that. That'd be like saying, yeah, I, I don't... I, the only bit of David Bowie I liked was Tin Machine. Yeah. That'd be a, a, Tin Machine. And, and you know, I can loop for days. The Laughing Gnome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can listen to it about two or three times. That's about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I... I I, I I get what you mean. I take your point about the uh the, the retconning being you know, it's 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 a franchise that's not short of some, let's say that. It's yes, not to absolutely. the point it's, it's not to the point of I don't know, Doctor Who where it's uh, like you just, and that but I mean Doctor uh, Who's a weird example. Got a, role a bit a bit I yeah. think it, as you say, it's part of the series. To a point, yeah. But I think that there's a for yeah. me there's a I guess the thing the the kind of the way I look at it is the only reason it's still part of the series is because nobody's trying to do it better because yeah. they've just kind of accepted that they can get away with it almost. I think that's, it's a little bit. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There's a little bit of um, complacency there, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we've yeah, talked. We, we've talked about 
oh well you know we can yeah. we can put a limited amount of marketing behind this film it's star wars people go and see it it's like yeah. not anymore like it's a lot it's a crowded market for high production value film tv books comics there's a there's a lot out there you know and even yeah. something like star wars comics right star wars comics are doing really well in terms of critical acclaim a lot of people really like the star wars comics but there's a lot of really good mm-hmm. indie stuff you can get really easily digitally now so it's not like yeah. you you know it's not like you can't it's not that you're you're able to just take your foot off the gas. You still have to keep the bar high, especially yeah. if you're high, if you're a multi-billion-dollar franchise licensed property. You mm-hmm. have to. There's no excuse for me. Like you, you can't just write it off as like, oh well, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Talk about yourself again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, while having his force vision, Luke breaks Vader's mask. Right. While having an elevator ride, Kylo Ren breaks his own mask. I mean, both these I mean, these are both facts. Feels a little tenuous. Is it, that's a bit more of a tenuous yeah. link. Uh, there's so there's something about one of the things I actually kind of I kind of do like about the Last Jedi is that whole thing of the smashing of the mask. That because it's kind of it's kind of that teenage tantrum thing mixed with mm-hmm. deep down there's this kind of sense that Snoke's right. Mm. you know what I mean there's that sort of he's been sort of reprimanded by Snoke about taking the stupid mask off and you know I think Snoke picks up picks on him takes his lunch money and gives him a wedgie right something like that yeah something like or maybe that maybe mixed up with another film um, but he got, he's riding the lift down after having been admonished for sort of playing up playing dress up basically and he starts smashing things to pieces and that's his reaction to it is to sort of throw a throw a strop mm-hmm. you know yeah. and I actually quite like that as a, as a as a sort of narrative thing because he's you know he's showing his immaturity showing that he's not you know on the one hand he's showing that kind of same tendency to anger and tendency to sort of rage out as um, Anakin but at the same time he's also showing that actually he's not as mature as Anakin and there is that kind of mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of emphasizing that disconnect between Anakin and Kylo yeah, in terms of where they are and where they think, you know, where Kylo thinks they are, where Kylo thinks he is in development terms versus where Snoke thinks he is, mm-hmm. and there's that same kind of sense of they're not aligned, and you see it quite plainly in that particular scene. Yeah, which is one of the things I do quite like about that film. Obviously, beyond the talk of we've already had about things like the visuals being yeah. especially impressive and uh, things uh, things along those lines. Mm-hmm. In The Empire Strikes Back, the Millennium Falcon is being pursued by the Empire in one exciting sequence after another. In The Last Jedi, the Resistance are being pursued nonchalantly by the New Order. First Order, I'm guessing, is, uh, it'd be yeah. a very different film yeah. if, um, if they're being pursued by New Order. Uh, <laughs> although I'd watch it still, because, yeah, yeah. you know, I keep, I keep the true faith. Yeah. Um, are being pursued nonchalantly by the First Order in one long straight line, waiting for their fuel to run out. For the audience, this takes about two hours. For the characters in the film, it might be two or whole, three whole days of the First Order patiently following behind with no other plan. I, I've never quite understood why the chase makes any sense at all in Star Wars. Yeah. And this thing, a lot of people kind of say, like, oh, it's wizard in space, you have to let things go. I am fine with that as a general rule, provided that what I'm letting go is not the rules inside the own, in, that you've established in your own universe. You can't set rules in a universe mm-hmm. and then just not follow them and say it's a movie that doesn't make sense. Like that's only because you haven't tried. 
Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like the, the chase thing, hypersp- you know, space is, is three-dimensional for a start. And then there's the whole question of why don't they just – I mean, there's so much about the space stuff in Last Jedi. By no, you know, it barely even touched the sides compared to some of the stuff that's in the space battles, the space stuff in Last Jedi. <laughs> um, so mm-hmm. I'm not so – you know, there are things I'm, I'm more concerned about than that. <laughs> but, yeah, it's – the chase thing has never quite made sense to me. Uh, anyway, yeah, I mean, obviously, it's the opening shot of a new hope is just one spaceship chasing another one. Um, but that's a relatively brief chase, it seems to me. Yeah, and it's not a question of let's wait for their fuel to run out. It's you know, like you say, it's it's relatively brief. They're in. They're trying to get in tractor beam range, whereas the first order are trying to get in mm-hmm. range of cannons that suddenly have an effective distance. Weird melee. Yeah, they were kind of trying to get into melee range. They put a scope on their knife, and they just want to make yeah. sure they get in properly. It's... Attack of the Clones tells the story of Anakin and Padme's romance. Empire yes. tells the story of Han and Leia's romance. Last Jedi tells the story yes. of Rey and Kylo's romance stroke anti-romance. <laughs> I've yeah. never seen the romance in Last Jedi. It's... it's a, it's. a <sighs> I don't want to rag on... <laughs> I, I, I'm not doing. I'm not trying to rag on people when I say these things, but I do, I don't see what other people are seeing no. with the uh, with the Ray and Kylo romance thing. I just do not see it. The most I've kind of seen is like, you know, here's here's a kind of an olive branch of like, okay, I see it fine. The kiss at the end of Rise of Skywalker, which as I've said before, I'm not a fan of. I think it's a really convoluted addition, but what it does kind of what it can convey effectively and credibly is gratitude at saving her life Mm -hmm. because she understands what he's done maybe she doesn't understand the implications of it just yet because i think immediately after that he just lays down and then you never see him again yeah um but you know she understands what he's just what he's just done for her and that and a kiss to say thank you for that fine Mm-hmm. You know they've done they've done sillier things to say thank you in films before, um, so that side of things has never been a you know never been a big stumbling block for me. The stumbling block for me is the romance notion that there's mm-hmm. anything between them beyond you know loathing ultimately yeah. and abuse. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's odd to me that uh, anyway. In a new hope, friend and hero Ben Kenobi lies to Luke about his father. This is reversed in The Empire Strikes Back by Darth Vader and straightened out by Yoda in Return of the Jedi. In The Last Jedi, enemy and villain Kylo Ren lies to Rey about her parents. This is straightened out by Palpatine in The Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Is it a lie if he doesn't know he's lying? Uh, I would say on a technicality, it's not a lie. I take his point, and he's, and he's correct in, in so much as Palpatine straightens out the makes it, you know, he brings accuracy to the proceedings, but I would say it's fair to say that it's not a lie if you don't know you're not telling the truth. You know, if you're if you're telling the truth as you know it, and it turns out that that's not the case, that doesn't strike me as a lie in the strictest sense. It strikes me as mistaken. But anyway, I digress. Um, 
In Attack of the Clones, our heroes are portrayed by a shady old former Jedi, Count Dooku, who leaves them at the mercy of the Geonosian Separatists. In The Empire Strikes Back, our heroes are portrayed by a shady old friend and gambler, Lando Calrissian, who gives them over to the Empire. In The Last Jedi, our heroes are portrayed by a shady new ally, DJ, a codebreaker they meet on a gambling planet who gives them over to the First Order. I've always felt like DJ needed to do something else. So I've always felt like DJ was, you know, what would have been cool was would be to have DJ rig yeah. up the ATST to, you know, to sort of abuse its slave circuits or something, do something mm-hmm. to just figure some, figure some way to kind of make him a bit more. Because the, the thing I've always found about Last Jedi is everybody talks about it being a, such a smart, such a deep, such an intelligent movie. Mm-hmm. But actually, all the nuance that they tease at is got is undone by the end of the film because it's just a binary good versus evil story by the end. All that new, yeah. all that grey area they talk about, where it's things like, oh, you know, um, the whole planet one percent thing is a bit daft, and That's I've never, the never biggest, been a fan. The most frequent criticism I've heard of Last Jedi, in all honesty, is that, um, yeah, it wasn't what I was expecting. It was almost like it subverted this version. Yeah, so it's like this this whole thing of this notion of like it's a super smart film, and it's not by any means a dumb film, no. but it's not. I feel like it's a lot of people project intelligence onto it where none exists. This kind of level of depth. Yeah. Um, but again, I digress. This is these are my thoughts, and we're reading these. Um, in Return of the Jedi, Luke goes to Darth Vader, hoping to turn him towards the light side. He is placed in handcuffs and taken to Emperor Palpatine. In Last Jedi, Rey goes to Kylo Ren, hoping to turn him towards the light side. She is placed in handcuffs and taken to Supreme Leader Snoke. Yes, she is. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the best bits of the film because the whole the whole thing of him just holding her up and torturing her is really cool. Anyway. Um, in Revenge of the Sith, major villains with little or no backstory, General Grievous and Count Dooku are killed off. In Last Jedi, major villains with no backstory, Supreme Leader Snoke and Captain Phasma are killed off. Phasma is the biggest missed trick in the sequel trilogy. Oh, no, sorry, the second biggest. Finn is the biggest. Finn gets a decent amount of screen time and nowhere near enough at the same time because mm-hmm. John Boyega is an absolute treasure. Absolutely. I yeah. treasure him. Yeah, and exactly. And, you know, the, the, the kind of criticisms of Rise of Skywalker for the lack of Kelly Marie Tran, while founded, mm-hmm. especially when you consider that Dominic Monaghan doesn't really need to be there, no. um, is one thing. And like I say, I have some sympathy for that position, but the lack of Finn in the whole trilogy, he yeah. he has the most interesting story to tell out of all of them. Yeah. my I think I've said before, my, my main bugbear with Rise of Skywalker, of all the things to have a, a problem with, was um, that when they meet the other stormtroopers who've rebelled, yeah. they, they don't, they could, they, could have said, "Oh, you're FN two and eight seven. There are stories about how you were the first one, yeah, to break your programming." And that would almost like echo is the the bit from Force Awakens about Luke, Luke Skywalker. I thought he was just a myth. Yeah, that he thing. becomes like Instead a mythological of the figure. Mill just going, oh yeah, everyone does that, mate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's been known. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's that, kind that, of it. That, yeah. that will happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's been known as about. Yeah. A, I think it's about. I think they consider a ten percent fail rate to be yeah. effective, which is yeah, average for a Russell Hobbs toaster. Yeah, this. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, Captain Phasma is the second biggest mistrick because you know it's a cool character. It's visually mm-hmm. impressive. It's got the the cool aesthetic. It's got the cool. I mean, she's got that awesome voice. Yeah. 
just that whole you know that slightly tinny sir mm-hmm. yeah just it's just great it's just bleeds kind of sycophancy and mm-hmm. everything sort of bleeds through i mean huck starts off well and gets worse for me but he's not a missed opportunity in the same way those two are yeah he's a good he's he's a good promising character portrayed by a tremendously talented actor who they then go on to make progressively worse for comic effects mm-hmm. yeah. because everything has to go marvel now and that's kind of how it feels to me is this mm-hmm. kind of desperation to go sort of for that marvel the, yeah. that marvel level of humor and star wars doesn't need to do that and actually a lot of films don't need to do that yeah. and that's where i think dc has kind of gone well is by sort of making it distinct mm-hmm. and not going and not having to go down that route just because they can mm-hmm. now it's not to say you know because i've i've seen shazam and that's a cracking film mm-hmm. and that's got some silly jokes and stuff in it but that yeah. fits the tone of this thing because it's about a teenage boy who who becomes a big strapping man yeah. when he says shazam spoilers i mean that's the comic but yeah not so much the uh the plot of the film but it's certainly the the mechanics mm-hmm. Uh, but we digress. In The Phantom Menace, Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi face off against Darth Maul. Maul is Correct. cut in half. Correct. In The Last Jedi, Rey and Kylo Ren face off against Supreme Leader Snoke. Snoke is cut in half. Bit, a bit more tenuous, but okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it, again, these are facts. But yeah. the link between the two... There's, I mean, there's probably echoes, but they're, they're fainter. Echoes can be faint, I suppose. So that makes sense. Um, in The Empire Strikes Back... Darth Vader asks Luke to join him and rule the galaxy as father and son. Mm-hmm. In The Last Jedi, Kylo Ren asks Rey to join him and bring a new order to the galaxy. Yep. Why? Yeah. Not sure, but yeah. Well, you know, he obviously recognizes she's pow- powerful. It mm-hmm. would be nice if there was an effort to kind of, um, to kind of make it clear that he, f- I mean, mm-hmm. it's clear that he fears her power because mm-hmm. she beats him in, you know, one-on-one without really, you know, initially there's a bit of effort, but then largely it's pretty plain sailing. And obviously he's been a little bit injured, but at the same time, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily played up on as much as it could have been. But you yeah. know, that's that. These things, these boards are well trodden in the in criticism mm-hmm. hall. Um, yeah. <laughs> in the Empire Strikes Back, the Millennium Falcon is unable to use its hyperdrive for most of the film, and when it finally yep. does go to hyperspace, the ship flies away from the Imperial ships that have been pursuing it. Mm-hmm. In The Last Jedi, the Resistance flagship Radus is unable to use its hyperdrive for most of the film. And when it finally does go to hyperspace, the ship flies towards the, new, the First Order ships that have been pursuing it. Don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've, done, we've, we've trodden this one to death. Draw yeah. it. Uh, my, my answer is still the same. Draw yeah. it. You, yeah. may bulk, you, may, you may bulk at that last one, but at least half of it is true. And it also feels right when you consider how often Ryan Johnson takes a story beat and turns it into a different, to a different direction, literally in this case. For all the fans who seem to love The Last Jedi for being so different and new, or for those detractors who hated it for being too different and out of step with The Force Awakens, it seems to me that Rowan followed directly behind J.J.'s footsteps by remaking an original trilogy film. Cool. The sequel trilogy is a layer cake with the story of Rey, Finn, Poe, and Ben on the top. The middle layers are made up of A New Hope, The Empire Strikes Back, and even Return of the Jedi, and the slight silver uh, sliver of crust holding it together is the prequel trilogy. It's an in- incredibly complex metaphor, but I, I'm, it really is. Yeah. I, now I'm hungry for cake. Yeah, um, yeah pop, al- cake. Although it's nice that we he mentioned cake because that's yeah. something we've touched on as Star yes. Wars's cake. I've often touched on cake. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, that no. is the easiest way to eat it. Mm-hmm. In the prequel trilogy, the clone army was bought, paid for, and trained in secret for years before being discovered. 
They were created by the Sith for Palpatine's eventual takeover of the galaxy. The clones were his weapons of mass destruction used to wipe out the Jedi. Correct. In the sequel trilogy, the First Order, and in particular the Sith Eternal, were amassed and trained in secret for Palpatine's planned takeover of the galaxy. The Sith Eternal manned a fleet of Sith Star Destroyers intent on wiping out the Resistance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. And, mm-hmm. you know, the only thing is, it would be nice... That, again, this is one of those things, novelization of Force Awakens makes it clear that the First Order is not really known much about. Mm-hmm. They don't really do much, they don't do enough of that in the film. Yeah. To make it clear that this has come out, the surprise attack has come out of literally nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of like when you watch the film in isolation, it almost feels like they know about the First Order, but they've just been keeping to themselves up until that point. Yeah. Whereas actually that's not the case. Okay. Anyway, the Phantom Menace in both trilogies, so sequel and uh, prequel and, sequel and Disney, is Palpatine revealed at the end to both be the mastermind of both to be the mastermind behind everything? Mm-hmm. Admittedly, I wonder how many of these par- parallels were actually deliberate and not just coincidental or conjecture on my part. I think it's about sixty forty. If you're curious for rough numbers, uh, as an, as an aside, I would love to believe that the sequel trilogy has all been made more or less by design from the start. I would love to believe that too. In hindsight, Ryan Johnson actually kept the mystery of Ray's parents open-ended through, by dismissing it through Kylo Ren, a villain, an unreliable narrator, who takes advantage of Ray's greatest fear by telling her that she comes from nothing and is nothing except to him, allaying her fear that she will forever be all alone. Earlier in the film, Luke is aghast to discover that Ray is so quick to reach for the dark side. At the time, I took it as a failing on her part due to lack of training and inexperience with the Force. But in retrospect, it feels like Ryan was seeding the revelation of her heritage, which would eventually pay off in The Rise of Skywalker. I also heard that the Palpatine lineage was a Kathleen Kennedy idea, and that the Death Star 2 ruins were even a potential story location as far back as Force Awakens. So this would lend to the idea that Ryan and JJ were working on a unified front under Kathleen Kennedy's guidance to tell the story with at least some rough framework in mind, and that is it not a case of both directors at odds trying to undo each other's work. Whatever the truth is, I've had fun putting this together for you, and as always, look forward to your comments. Best of luck to you both, D. I would love to believe, in a similar way, that the sequel trilogy was one unified effort, one endeavor throughout, but I find it hard to believe given what I've seen. It's to me, it strikes that the the prequel, the sequel trilogy, the Disney trilogy, is mm-hmm. desperate for a cohesive vision all the way through, yeah, and it doesn't feel like it has one at all. Mm-hmm. And that's a to me, that's a shame <laughs> because I feel like. I mean, that's one thing you can say, right, about the about the MCU. Now, I realize that the Marvel co- comparison mm-hmm. is quite an easy one, but the Marvel films are all directed by different people. There are a few common directors, but for the most part, there are a large number of them that are directed by different people. Yeah. So there's Taika, there's um, John Favreau, there's the Russo mm-hmm. brothers, there's, um, oh, who is it? It does Doctor Strange. I can't think. Um, sure we can't. Uh, sure. Then there's um, Ryan Co- Ryan Coogler, is it the Black Panther? That's, sounds familiar. Yeah, um, and so but they've all got this connective tissue, and it's very clear, especially when you watch things like the after credit sequences, that they're thinking about the bigger picture as they're going along, mm-hmm. because they've got things like at the end of Ant Man, there's a scene from Civil War mm-hmm. that ends up being in Civil War verbatim. Mm-hmm. It's pretty clear that those things have been recorded with a mind to being used in films that are being recorded, that are being filmed mm-hmm. at the same time or shortly afterwards. Yeah. So these things are being seeded 
and being incredibly you, well. Yeah, exactly. It's maybe it is just that with the Marvel, the MCU threading being so well done, it's mm. hard to top it. Maybe really? that's maybe it just sets an unrealistic expectation of unified things. But I really feel like. I don't feel like the Disney trilogy has that. No, really. And there's not to no. say there's not to say there's not stuff to like about it because there really is, but it doesn't feel to me like a unified. It feels like three films done by two different people that just happen to be numbered sequentially. Yep. And I and I can only in a way, even though I was very opposed to how Colin Trevorrow was kind of ejected, mm-hmm. I'm actually kind of relieved because that might have been made it worse. Yeah. Three directors with three completely different visions, all kind of vying for a place at the table might have been a disaster area. Yeah. It's hard to say for sure, you know, but, but there you go. So D yes, it was a long message, but it was a good one. Yeah. It was a good one. It was well thought out. We got through it. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, like I say, it's, um, there's a lot to to like in there. There's a lot to think about. Obviously, listeners are welcome to message in with their thoughts and comments and stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's not much more to say about it than that. So that's the last of our messages this week. So I think it's probably best to, that we just kind of talk about what's what's next, right? Sure. Let's keep this pig. So... This I'm going to say up front before I start talking because I'm going to do this a little bit seat in my pants and fly by night because I often sure. find that that's the best way for me to articulate stuff because I have the space to unpack here. You know, mm-hmm. I can I can elucidate thoughts as they occur to me and it means with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Means I don't have to worry about, oh, I missed something because it didn't, if it didn't occur to me, it can't be that important, you know? Mm-hmm. So... It's probably not escape. It's probably not escaped the notice of people who have been listening for some time that the news cycle in and around the rise of Skywalker has been hard going. In terms of, there's been a lot of very slow weeks. We've been lucky in the sense that we've had excellent people writing excellent stuff in to keep us talking, and you and I have known each other for long enough that we can generally riff. But there comes a point in my mind where that will be more difficult to sustain and it will be, you know, and it won't be fair on listeners in terms of, you know, being, having a, I put a lot of pride in what we, what we produce and what we, what we output and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and production of high quality output is something I take very seriously and always have. It's one of the reasons I've always kind of, you know, I considered myself to have big shoes to fill when it came to being being the host and being the kind of the uh, the motivating f- the motivating force, if you will, with uh, Talk Star Wars when Mark stepped aside. So, like I said, 
I want to get something off my like out of there up front. What I'm not about to do is say there are going to be no more talk Star Wars because that's not true. What I am going to say is that we are going to be taking a break while we rethink the format. And I have an idea of provisionally what format's going to take, but I want to take some time to scope it out a bit, keep the focus tight, make it, you know, more, um, a little bit more thought out ahead of time and not be so news heavy. So, mm-hmm. like I say, because we've had to rely on the news cycle being populous and it's, and it's int, mm-hmm. it's made it harder. And I don't want that to persist and I don't want that to be a thing that keeps going. So what I'm saying, what I'm saying for now, and I will kind of make a point of updating people using this feed because obviously mm-hmm. we have it to use when we're closer to clarity, when we have more of an idea of what it's going to be, when things are going to start going again. I have a provisional date in my mind, which I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, I'm looking increasingly um, lustily at March 30th. Mm-hmm. And there are reasons behind that, which will become more apparent as I get closer to announcing what the next uh, the next phase is going to be. What I will say for sure, there won't be. So we've hit 200. And this is one of the reasons that this, that this uh, conversation, this announcement is happening now is because I wanted to get to 200 before we changed anything because it seemed mad to me to get to 197 and go, we're going to a new format, which means there's no more numbers. What a, what a weird way to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So there's a reason I've waited until 200. This has been kind of in my head for some time. And I'm, as we were, Brad and I were discussing off air before we started, I'm an overthinker. So it's easy for me to agonize over how best to deliver stuff and how best to present things and how best to re- restructure. So what I'm doing is now trying to take a, advantage of the fact that as i mentioned at the top of the show the listeners have always been and that's you obviously i'm talking to now have always been very supportive when stuff happens so when for example we have a sickness for a week or one of us is on holiday or one of us just can't record you know i expect there to be a kind of oh man and there is disappointment but mm-hmm. at the same time it's always like oh well you know take a take a week off it's not the end of the world and so i don't have any problem believing that this will i'm, I'm i have no doubt for for one thing believing that this will not surprise some people who've been listening to the show for some time obviously some people will have no doubt noticed that some weeks are easier than others to get conversation going and mm-hmm. get co- and you know a lot of that depends on the questions coming in but it shouldn't be to the listeners to prop the entire operation up <laughs> it should be you know it should be a, a process that we can all kind of enjoy together so like i said what i'm kind of announcing right now is that we're going to take a step back temporarily, very temporarily. So I want, like I said, I want to make this clear. This is not a, we're not phasing this out. We're not going, we'll be back soon and then never coming back. March 30th is the date that I've got in my head as the day it's coming. Um, and that will be like talk star Wars V2. And like I said, I'll be using this feed to update people as we get more figured out in terms of what, 
platform everything's going to take, how it's going to work, ways for people to get involved, because I'm sure that, you know, I haven't figured it out yet, but I'm, I'm pretty convinced there will be ways for people to get involved because that makes sense, right? So, yeah, Talk Star Wars has hit 200. This is the thing I care, this is something I cared about very deeply. Now that we've done that, it's time, I think, and I think this is something that you're going to start, I, I firmly believe you're going to start seeing this from a lot of outfits over the course of the next 12 months. Adapt or stop. Ooh. And what I'm saying is we're going to adapt. So, you know, that's kind of, that's the, the gist of it. Obviously, like I said, it's a bit, it's a bit tricky to kind of to talk too much about it without having a clear idea of what that's going to be and what form it's going to take and how much I want to say about it now. But rest assured, I have an idea already of where it starts. And from there, we can figure the rest out. And if you have anything to add to that. No, I'm just along for the ride, man. Okay, well, that's good. Um, so, listeners, one thing I'm going to open up is, is do right now is I'm going to open up the floor to the listeners as well to kind of, as I've I've kind of always been, I think, pretty good at this, but I want to make sure I'm crystal clear. There will be questions about this stuff, not least of all from the regular listeners, the regular contributors, you are going to have questions. I understand that. You know, like I say, you're going to have concerns. I am an open, my door is always open, proverbially speaking, digitally speaking. Yeah. Um, so podcast at emotionally14.com is the place to email to talk to the, to talk about this stuff. And I will engage in dialogue with anybody who is coming at it from the point of view of, I've heard what you said. I have questions. I appreciate that the other, the downside of doing things off the cuff is that sometimes I'm not in the least bit clear. And obviously then people will hear it and go, well, I'm sure I know, I'm sure he knows what he meant to say, but I'm yeah. not quite, I'm not quite convinced. So, you know, or I'm like, I say, I'm unclear. I'm confused, you know, but like I said, there's a couple of things I want to get off the bat, right? Get off my chest and get off the bat right away. This is not a precursor to an announcement of cancellation. This is a, we are going to figure, we're going to figure out what form the show takes in the future. And in order to do that, we need some time. And the best way to do that is to take a short hiatus. Like I say, March 30th. Mark that in your calendars. All right, we'll do. Yeah. Um, you'll, well, you'll need to do it a few days before because we'll have to record it first. Um, okay. But I'll, I'll figure it, well, I'll let you know when it's happening. Don't worry. Yeah, all right, yeah I'll okay. keep you posted. I'd, I'd like yeah. to think I always do. Um, well, I'll, if you still want me back, you know. Yeah, of course. You know, yeah, that's right. you're, a part, you're a part of whatever form that takes. Don't panic. Oh, all right. I won't, man. You're not shot on me that easy, Sunshine. No, I know. Um, <laughs> so like I say I appreciate that there are going to be listeners who might have further questions they might have comments I'm fully expecting there to be people who might hear it and be unhappy about this but I all I can assure you is I've given this a lot of thought I really believe this is the way every outfit is going to have to consider what they do I think every outfit is going to go through these questions I like to think I'm ahead of the curve or maybe they've just done it and just not done it publicly. Yep. <laughs> Either one is entirely possible and let's be fair, you know, equally probable. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I like, I like the, I like being honest. I like being upfront about this stuff. I like to mm -hmm. think that people will appreciate it 
And I like to think yeah. that one of the things about Talk Star Wars that I've always liked is I've certainly never felt like we've gone into any discussion. <laughs> what? <laughs> For some reason, my brain went, I, I like being honest, which is why I feel very bad about the cat we killed. <laughs> <laughs> Man, jumping start, Garth Marini <laughs> yeah. start place references midway through the. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's kind of how our brains work. That's fair. Yeah. Um, so, like I say, I always feel like we've been pretty good at being upfront about where we are and and you know letting people know when things are not going to be like things like episodes being missing because we're not well. As soon as we know, other people we we let people know. We don't mm-hmm. sort of you don't surprise people with no episode <laughs> when it's uh, when Monday hits. So, you know, I, I like to think that we've been plenty um, plenty upfront with people in the past and we're going to continue to be so because I really feel quite strongly that that level of honesty and upfront and that little peek behind the curtain is actually, I would like to think, one of the reasons people like us because we're human. We're not just hyper-produced. And we know about Star Wars. I feel that's the main reason. I think hopefully that's a a part of it, if not the biggest part, but hopefully it's a part, certainly an important one. Mm -hmm. But the important thing for me, I don't want to be one of those hyper-produced, kind of everything's masked behind the curtain outfits Mm -hmm. where nothing's on, you know, there's no kind of... No transparency. Yeah, no transparency, no imperfection on the surface. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm okay with the fact that you know, like I said, I'm flying by the seat of my pants for talking about this right now, doing this discussion right now. So I know that that sometimes has upsides in mm-hmm. that I'm more likely to say the stuff that matters, but I'm also more likely to word it in a way that's clunky and hard to follow for people who are kind of mm-hmm. listening on their commute or whatever. But yeah. the point of it, like I say, the, the, the key takeaway from this is for the next, I think it's six weeks, or thereabouts. Yes, that's right. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna be figuring out what the future of Talk Star Wars looks like, um, both in the context of the show itself. Maybe there's gonna be opportunities to kind of take another look at the integrations with E14 as a whole, all that stuff, right? There's mm-hmm. there's gotta be there's gotta be some stuff we're missing, I'm sure. And like I say, there's gonna be stuff I'm missing from this description, but I wanna reassure people. This is not a we're shutting it down kind of discussion. This is a, it doesn't, like, what we're doing right now doesn't feel like, Mm. it doesn't feel quite right. And I think, Mm. like I said, I think it's because the news cycle is slow and it's proving difficult to navigate. And I don't see it getting better. Um, If anything, I see it getting worse. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, in the UK, we've obviously, we've been hampered by things like, we don't get the streaming services at the same time as everybody else. So mm-hmm. as a content creator for Star Wars podcast, that makes things quite difficult to be on top of things. If, unless you want to go down the Yo Heave Ho route, which I don't because, uh-huh. you know, not least of all, because I have plenty of stuff. I don't have the time to watch that I, do, that I actually do pay for. So, mm. you know, the idea of then adding stuff to the mix to just further complicate matters just seems, it just feels wrong. Yeah. So like I said, if you, if you feel like you want to kind of weigh in on this discussion obviously the social media stuff is all still there nothing's get, none of these things are going anywhere so you can still reach out to us podcast at emotionally14.com twitter at talk star wars emotionally14 the facebook pages you can message us behind the scenes there all that stuff is still there and still accessible to you and none of that's going anywhere mm-hmm. so 
if you have thoughts on that stuff or even if you have suggestions on what you'd like the the future of talk star wars to look like that's the kind of stuff that's worth sending in because we might you know we might use it and we'll give you a shout on the you know on the first episode of talk star wars v2 it will be thanks to this you know thanks to person x mm-hmm. for coming up with this idea which we're going to use and, yeah. shame, and shamelessly plagiarize gotta love person x aren't person they good? this is my favorite person x absolutely way and it's even lighter than your usual brand of person yes. <laughs> I've watched this. I've watched this in Person X, and this in New Daz. All of a credit card, and we're also throwing this best of the eighties CD. (laughs) We just add it. We've just got it lying around. We've got loads of them. Can't get rid of it. (laughs) We've messed up the mastery, and it's just eight copies of Love Walked Into My Heart. Yeah, fair. I mean, there are worse things from the eighties. Yeah. Um, In fact, way worse. I would stop there. Um, So, listeners, thank you for getting us to 200 like i said i'm what i will say is there will be no 201 but that's not because there's going to be no more shows it's mm-hmm. because we're going to stop numbering because it may well maybe we will carry on numbering it depends on what format it takes i have some ideas like i said i have some ideas at this stage of what format it looks like but i need to puzzle it out and mm-hmm. i need to sort of take a look at how sustainable it is in the future so what I'm going to say, like I said, in the meantime, we're just going to take a break, figure it out, mm-hmm. spend some time together chatting about these things, um, you know, free up our Thursdays for a few weeks. Uh, and then at the end of, you know, the output of that will be that at the end of March, we will come back different and hopefully better for it. And sexy. And sexy, you know. Yeah. Um, so in the meantime... Mm-hmm. If you want to subscribe and catch, maybe you want to catch up. You got now. You've got some time. You can catch yeah. up on all the episodes you've missed, the the previous two hundred plus, because there are more yeah. than two hundred. Because there's other shows. I, I mean, just ones I'm in. To be honest, all the boys. Well, I mean, I'm in there. I'm in there further back, and I like to think I'm pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> let people make their own minds up about that. But um, we're on iTunes, YouTube, yeah. Google Podcasts. Again, Pandora. those things. Not Pandora, stop it. Pianolas. Pianolas. Pianissimo. That's, that's my, my prediction. The next hipster thing will be you can get your podcast delivered on a pianola roll. <laughs> we, we shall see if that pans out. Who knows? Um, so we're on iTunes, Google Podcasts, YouTube. Those things aren't going anywhere. They are staying, mm. They're going to be there. I will never take the feeds down unless I'm forced to by some hands more powerful than mine and they have to be you know yeah it's got big hands yeah well this is it so there's that if nothing else i want to saw him pick up a baby by its face i didn't do that it was a football <laughs> oh yeah i want to saw him pick up a baby by its football yeah there you go yeah. that sounds about right that's close enough so those the feeds are all there they're not going anywhere you can catch up in the meantime you've got 200 episodes to work your way back through hundreds of hours of wonderful oh, star wars content at hundreds. least 400 yeah exactly yeah as an average, probably, you know. Yeah, probably about that. Least, yeah. yeah, that sounds about right. So yeah. you've got all those options. Yeah. As to Patreon, so we do have a patreon.com slash talkstarwars. I will be pausing it for March because it seems hardly okay. fair for the listeners to pay when we're not doing anything. Sounds fair, okay. right? Yeah. So March, I'm, I've done inquiries with Patreon in order to figure out how late I can leave it, basically. But... Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pause the Patreon in March so the people who are already paying won't have to pay for 
no reason. Which, like I say, I think is fair enough. Totally. You know, we should be, people should feel free to contribute and we're very happy and very grateful when people do, but we have to yep. be doing something in return. Absolutely. And if we're not meeting that, that, then... That's uh, how commerce works. Absolutely. Yeah, this is, this is the market at work. Yeah. So until that point that we're, you know, up and running with the new format, I will restart it the day we're back, basically. So the first time there's a Patreon, okay, cool. the deal will be the same. One dollar, one, you yeah. know, one tier ad-free podcast and yeah. everything like that, it will stay the same. So the, the cool. tiers will stay the same for now. All right. In future, depending on what format it takes, maybe we can start talking about other stuff. But for now, it will be business as usual, one dollar mm-hmm. a month, ad-free, podcast comes early. So mm-hmm. as soon as there is a new podcast, I will unpause it, upload the new podcast, and away we go. So it will be cool. like nothing changed Bang in. in the meantime. So that will be happening you know when when the time comes that will be one of the things i will start up again when the Mm -hmm. time is right until then i will pause it i say it should just be for the month of march i see no reason why it wouldn't be Mm -hmm. um the month of march because like say the 30th is in my head so that makes sense cool brad yes if people can't go six weeks without hearing your dulcet tones how -hmm. might they remedy this uh, well, the best thing to do is to uh, check out uh, Fire When Ready, Adventures in Star Wars at Tabletop Gaming on Emotionally14.com, which will keep going, unlike some f- slackers, apparently. You'll be able to get all of our episodes on Emotionally14.com uh, and on Emotionally14's YouTube channel, and you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at UK uh, for all kind of behind-the-scenes photos and nonsense from us. And if you just can't cope without me popping up and making snarky comments about The Last Jedi, then you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at RealBradHB. Nice. Uh, if you're feeling especially inclined, then you can also, of course, go to Audible or to Amazon uh, or through Emotionally14's Amazon affiliate link and buy some of my books, please. I need I have bills to pay. Yes, indeed. And uh, the easiest way to do that would be to go to any episode of Talk Star Wars with Brad on it, and there's yeah. a link at the bottom. It's and you can go, yeah, and you can go from there to Amazon directly. And then it's all, all the books are there, and you can just go yeah. ahead and you can just Can't go ahead and buy it. Easier other than me coming to your house and reading to you. I'm not going to do that. It's not tax deductible. No, exactly. You know, um, so that's the easiest way, and it's going to be certainly the one that's going to get you results. Yes, and we care about results. Damn it. Yes. Where are we going to find you, Rob? Uh, so the best place to find me is probably Twitter or Instagram at Rob Wade Vision. And you uh, post more. Yeah. Well, you know, I need, to do, I need to do some fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, Twitter, Instagram, at Rob Wade Vision, and like I said, mm-hmm. the DMs are open. If you want to talk about this stuff, I realise that this is you know, I haven't done, I haven't done a big tease like oh, there's a big announcement coming in the next talk Star Wars and there's things like that. I, there's a deliberate reason for that, which I find that stuff really crass when it comes to anybody mm-hmm. who's not famous, <laughs> um, which I would say is certainly qualifies me, and so. I appreciate that I've blindsided some people. Some people some people are kind of already aware of this stuff. Like behind the scenes, I've talked to some of the Commonwealth and things like that. But so yeah, DMs are open. If you want to talk about it, then get in touch. Uh, Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, Seven Great Shows, Tumbling Saber, Generation X-Wing, Rogue Squadron, Nerd Room, San Diego Sabres, San Cruella Cast, Talk Star Wars. We'll be back. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for listening to episode 200. We will see you again on or around March the 30th, 
for the next whatever Talk Star Wars ends up being. <laughs> so until then, cool. be good to yourselves, be good to each other, and as always, may the Force be with you. Love you. <laughs>